let's dive a little bit deeper into this whole communication thing, this transformational leadership and the art of communication. How's that for an opener? I'm your hostess. My name is Nicole DeVincentis. I'm the founder of the Transformation Gold Coaching and Training Academy. It's great to have you with us today. And the purpose of all of our podcasts are to encourage and inspire and educate you in every way possible, but also to assist you in shortening the time span between idea inception and execution. Because I know we've got a lot of stuff, which, you know, there's a lot of podcasts which are out there. We've got a lot of information which hits you up on any social media, on any, you know, email, internet platform, which you are. You can, you have to be sure that you move yourself into the role of taking action at some point with the information that you acquire. Okay. And so what we like to do is to take you from wherever you are, whether this is a new thing that you're aspiring to do or to become, or you are a season's high level, you know, a high producing champion and help you move to the next level, whatever that is for you, whether we're talking about your relationships, whether we're talking about relationships that you have with money, whether this is, um, in this case, your communication skills, whether this is health and fitness, this is creating a vision for your family or for your organization. You know, growth in our academy, growth is the expectation. And so when you're growing, you can do so by yourself, but eventually you're going to hit a lid where no man is an island or no woman is an island. You're going to require a team, okay? Or if you have a family, that's supposed to be your team, right? Your spouse is supposed to be your teammate. You know, your children, they're part of the team. So this has, you know, relevancy for both personal and professional application. So we're right, you know, beginning this awesome topic, and it's a big one. It's a major one, which talks about the art of communication. Now, I love um, the, the concepts and everything that goes into the role of leadership. And if you look back over the course of your life, I would, I would not just venture to say, I would be assured to say that you have been at some point in a leadership role if you are not in one currently. Like you've been in charge of something, whether you were in charge of training a dog, you were in charge of, uh, I don't know, a sports team, you were in charge of a club, you were in charge of something and your job was to lead the whole entire thing from start to finish and you weren't just like managing people you were leading the the group or the initiative right okay so you know how difficult it can be when you <laughs> when you have people and if they're strong-willed people god love you man that's that's a role in and of itself but leadership is like a no joke situation and at the end of the day while leadership is you know, described by some of the world's top coaches and trainers on leadership as influence, my perspective is that leadership, it begins with you. It's self-governance. And then when you have that sort of credibility where your walk and your talk match and marry one another, you gain a higher level of respect from your people. 
And when you screw up, you admit to your mistake, that doesn't actually make you weak. It actually increases your followers or your network, whoever is on your team or the people who you're leading, it increases their level of respect for you because you're owning your junk, you're putting it out there, you're apologizing. And part of the apology, of course, is making that commitment that you're not going to do it again. Right. So like that whole like accountability, responsibility thing, it's they never really teach you this as you're going up the ranks until they start teaching you how much ownership you have over your entire project. And I'll tell you, hands down, when things start to go astray, provided that, you know, you're holding yourself, you know, to the fire and making sure that you're doing what you need to do, a lot of times things can be traced back to a breakdown in communication. And if you were listening to the last podcast, that was kind of like the mind dump podcast of a lot of different thoughts I had in my head. But, you know, the pearls taken out of there were just because you communicated something, and by communicated, I mean spoke something, texted something, emailed something, gestured at something, it doesn't mean that communication actually took place. I think that's like a hard thing to hit. You know, I'm saying like people don't really pay attention so much anymore. So when you're trying to communicate and you're trying to get through the noise, the distractions of cell phones and texting and gaming and just environmental pollution, uh, you know, with things that are happening, you know, there's machinery out there. There's a lot of TVs. If you're in like a gym situation, there's a lot of things which are competing for everybody's attention. You're always going to lose. So your methods of communication have to set you apart. But in order for you to have that happen, you've got to master the art of communication. And we can actually start this at the very beginning, sing the song of Sound of Music there, and trace some of this back to what is actually an anatomical difference between uh, men and women. So let's talk about communication across the genders here for just a quick second, all right? Communication, I mean, we could honestly, we could probably talk about this for a straight year and not even be able to cover everything that goes into communication, all right? So let's just keep this simple. Today, we're going to just take a little bit of a scientific spin on this so that when you as the leader are looking to communicate... And everybody, you know, leadership starts with you. And sometimes when you're the leader, it's, it's to move a conflict into let's halt the conflict and let's work through conflict resolution. And so while you may not be the boss or in charge, you know, leadership is how you command yourself in that situation, how you respond, and how do you stop this forward ball of insanity and negativity and things are moving down the wrong way. And let's, you know, come back over here and revisit, you know, the situation. Let's look at it from a different dimension. So oftentimes, you know, whether we're looking at, at like husband wife situation, or this could be coworkers, you know, let's take a little look into how the, the genders communicate, how we're wired naturally. And I think that's going to lend a lot of understanding as to why some of the breakdowns in communication actually happen straight out of the box 
or straight out of the vajayjay. <laughs> it's actually what I totally said that. I'm if you don't know anything about me, I'm actually I call myself a recovering ER nurse, but I am like 100% like you can take the ER, you can take the girl out of the ER, but you cannot take the ER nurse out of the girl. I spent, you know, nearly 20 years working as an ER nurse and it totally groomed me into the woman that I am. I've got this ferocious sense of humor. I will absolutely call attention to the elephant in the room. And when it comes to most things, I have no problem saying them how they are. So in case, you know, we're communicating across the genders, it's not out of the box, it's straight out of the vajayjay. So <laughs> let's begin with communication across the genders here. All right, so let's take a little look at some anatomy. Okay, now here's what I'm going to ask for you. As we're sitting and we're taking in this information, let's actually prepare our mind. So here's an awesome exercise, and you can definitely do this with your team or, you know, with your group of people that you're looking to influence and, you know, get them enrolled in, you know, whatever project it is that you're working with. And it's changing the physiology of your learner and getting them into the ready learning state. So if I could... Ask for your full attention for the next, let's call this 15 minutes even, okay? And so if I can ask for that, and as we're going along, now perhaps if you're driving, I'm going to ask that you do please, you know, stay focused on the task at hand, drive safe. Um, but if I can also ask you wherever you are to sit up just a little bit taller, all right, and what we're going to do is we're actually going to buffer out some of the distractions that prevent us from being active listeners, okay, which actually impacts our ability to absorb information. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a quick little exercise that's going to buffer off the distractions, but it's also going to change our phys physiology and put us into what we call a peak state, okay? So this is totally fun. So sit up just a little bit taller if you would. Kind of like uh, put your shoulder blades down and back, you know, lengthen your spine, draw in your abdominals just a little bit, you know, support your posture. And let's take a nice big breath in through your nose. Inhale. And exhale. Again, inhale. And exhale. One more time. Inhale. and exhale. All right. So that one exercise right there, just cleansing breaths, let's call them cleansing breaths. What that does is it ties in anatomy of the brain with physiology, like how things operate. Okay. So here's what you need to know. When it comes to your brain, Okay, you've got different dimensions of your brain, like you've got parts of your brain that are responsible for speaking, you've got parts of your brain which are responsible for hearing, for tasting, for the, you know, touch sens sensation, heat, vibration, uh, cold, pain, da da da, like there's that. Okay, your brain functions at such high levels in terms of its what, what it's capable of, like we don't even begin to to like, what's that? The tip of the iceberg hasn't even, we don't even use most of what our brain is equipped to be able to do. But oftentimes our brain functions on such overdrive because there's so much stimulus around us all the time. 
And I firmly believe that when people say like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out, you know, we have to help them discern between feelings of stress and overwhelm and what an actual stressor is. A stressor is a noun. A stress is actually something that your body senses. So it's any of your five senses. It's something that causes what's called a stress response. So when you're communicating, okay, and especially if you're communicating in high stress environments, whether we're talking about, let's say my former world, the role of, you know, emergency care, or oftentimes in a classroom setting, if you have people who are a little bit anxious in a classroom setting, it can be hard for them that they feel stressed out, they're nervous. Or if you are in a coaching and training capacity, or, you know, you're in athletics, you're a trainer, you're a coach in that capacity, you are adding the stress of exercise plus your physical presence puts a stress on them that oftentimes your learner or the person that you're looking to work with your teammate is not able to actually hear or absorb what it is that you're asking them to because of the effects of something which we call the stress response. So in order to begin the process of communication, all right, where you have both an active listener and you as a listener, you're always listening to understand, but how you're able to articulate and how you're able to communicate your vision, the goals for the day, what your targets and your projections are, how, you know, whatever the thing is that you're looking to communicate, you've got to somehow, you know, dial in and get your people's attention. And you can definitely do that. We just did that with the breath. So this is what happens. And then we're going to get into the anatomy and physiology, like I told you. What happens is that you've got two different sides of your nervous system, okay? So there's like There's structures of your nervous system, which is like brain, spinal cord, and nerves, and then you have functions. So there's things which involve your ability to think, your ability to speak, you know, your senses, all that stuff. Um, Lost my train of thought right there for a second, but how, um, how you're able to, there's two different sides of the nervous system, one which when you're under stress actually inhibits or prevents your learner, the person that you're looking to communicate with from hearing you because it's, it's designed for your primal survival. It's known as fight or flight. And anytime things stimulate a person, and this could be anything, this is caffeine, this is ephedra, this is energy drinks, this is pre-workout complexes, this is physical activity, This is they're being worried about something. This is exposure to electronics. This is exposure to artificial lighting. This is exposure to sound. This is tactile. This could be vibration. This could be distraction, you know, from temperature to hot to cold. Like anything that now is causing input in through your senses, in through your brain actually pushes an individual and their nervous system into what we call fight or flight. And this is rooted in survival, like running from Tyrannosaurus Rex, like T-Rex with the big head and the little arms. 
And at that time, the caveman did not stop and like rationally think about, well, if I were to run, you know, zigzag, maybe he wouldn't like it wasn't like that. It was like, I got to get the hell out of here. Otherwise, he's going to freaking eat me because his teeth are giant. And, you know, he, he could just open up his mouth and, and swallow me whole because he's so big. Right. That's where this is rooted in. And when an individual is under stress, what happens physiologically is it trumps the anatomy of how our brains are actually designed to work from the get. When you're in any mode of stress, you're worried, you're trying to get things done for a deadline, again, electronics, blah, 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 all this stuff. What happens is that, number one, you lose your peripheral vision, okay, which actually inhibits your ability to pick up on nonverbal cues, as the listener, right? When you're a listener or the communicator, you have got to be active in this process. And now if you're talking with somebody who no longer has peripheral vision, right? You, their senses start to become very, very narrowed. And with that, they also lose the ability to hear soft and gentle speaking and they don't hear flowery language. So when you look at, here's an example, high stress situations or when individuals who are in charge of directing large groups of people, they tend not to, let's think of like traffic cops, okay, or even flight attendants. They don't say, please, if we experience turbulence, please take the oxygen mask and place it over your face. Like they're very direct, right? Their hand motions are direct. And when they say, would you please carefully, casually look around for the nearest exit? No. What do they do? Like everybody does the flight attendant thing, right? They kind of like, they've got their two fingers out, you know, they point. Same thing with a traffic cop. They're not lackadaisical, like let's kind of sort of do this. Like they are deliberate. Like they look at you in the eye, they hold their hand up to make you stop. Like they're very deliberate because when you're dealing with individuals who are under stress and who are, <laughs> who are distracted, they want your attention and they want to drive home the point. Like it's like that. Okay. But when you're in looking to gain people's cooperation in a non-critical situation, sometimes if you come in like the bull in the, in the China shop and you take that approach, you know, everybody has their own style of communication. I'm often brought in to work as like an agent for like conflict resolution and team building. I, it, it just, it became one of my skills and, and one of my gifts. And it comes back to how we actually communicate. All right. So just know that when people are under stress, they don't communicate in a very logical sense. And they certainly do not hear what you're trying to put out there. So you can redirect that and buffer that fast forward end of the nervous system by doing that breathing exercise that we just did. That shaves off the distractions. It allows the nervous system to reset and move over onto like the chill pill side of the nervous system, where now you have a readier learner who has restoration of peripheral vision. And now they do have that ability to absorb, to hear and absorb information. So that's going to put you in the, in the driver's seat from the get. Now we did that with you. So let's come back and let's circle back around and let's talk about communicating across the genders, okay? Now, anatomically, here's what you're up against as the communicator. 
or this is simply going to be like a tool in your tool belt that's going to help you and empower you to be more effective at communication and not make the mistake of assuming that people can read your mind or that people communicate the same way that you do. They don't. And with this, I'm going to speak to the rule, not to the exception. All right. If we look at men's and women's brains, now, none of this implies level of intellect or ability. I'm going to be looking at the size of a brain. I think most of us can agree that men's heads are bigger than women's heads. Like men are just supposed to be big. Like the, most are made bigger than a woman, that bigger than women. So their brains are actually bigger than women's. However, if you're looking at the, at the brains, there's like you've got the right side of your brain and you have the left side of your brain, there's a strip of tissue that connects both, those are called hemispheres, it connects the hemispheres, it's called the corpus callosum. And through that, you've got all these little nerves, which are always firing, they're like always busy, and they, they make, for simplicity's sake, the right side of your brain kind of controls the left side of your body and the left side of your brain controls the right side of your body. So you've got all this information, you know, going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Well, what they found in different studies is that women, it's ours is a little bit more developed. Like we've got more of like a super highway inside of there. So while our brain may be smaller, it just is, is wired differently. So we can do different things and more things and manage more tasks at one time to get things done. You know, think about like motherhood is, is kind of like that. Whereas men are very logical and they are very, what's the word? like structured. I'm doing this and this and this. And like, there's like these little boxes inside of the man's head and they struggle with being able to be as fast as we are or um, multitask with efficiency like a woman can. And it comes back to the fact that just like anatomically, their brains are not wired the same way as our, as a woman's as women's are. Does that make sense? So now when you're going to communicate, if you're as the woman, now you, if you're looking to gain the attention and then communicate with your husband or with individuals on your team who are men or communicate up the chain, you know, of command, it's going to work to your benefit if you can learn and start to communicate with that individual in the method that they communicate best. You're always going to work to grow together, right? So if you're communicating with your husband, he is also responsible for learning how you communicate and how you think. And as you figure this stuff out and you grow together, this becomes a more streamlined process. But in the beginning, you're building a team or you're coming in and you're needing to manage or lead or whatever. What's going to help you is going to, with the, through that transition rather, is learning how do the other people communicate. Not so that you mute yourself, but your job as the leader, you've got to go down. You've got to meet your people where they are. The expectation is to grow. You want them to grow with you. It's going to be a way, way, way shorter time. And you have to have a qualified individual on the other end too. But it's going to be a much shorter time for that growth to actually take place when you can meet them where they are. Now they have trust. Now you know how to communicate. Communication becomes seamless and poof, now we've got movement and, and we can do big and great things. 
Likewise, when you're a man, the woman communicates different. And what you will find is up to a certain point in her life and maybe forever, women, I hate to say this because you know what, you know, I'm going to own this because I used to be the same that I don't know where it even started from. You know, our brains are thinking about so many different things and we're questioning, well, why? And there has to be meaning and this and that and the other. The difference is that when men come with a topic, most men come only with that topic. And so then if you turn around as a woman and you say, well, I wonder what he meant by that and blah, 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 blah. Like he's not thinking about anything else besides that one topic. And by the same token, if you ask him what he's thinking and he says nothing, they actually have like a box in their head for nothing. And it can be so difficult for a woman to understand that because our brains are nonstop, like all the time. Like, what about the kids? Did I do this? Did I go to the grocery store? Did I shut the oven off? Did I put deodorant on? Oh my God. Did I, did I remember to shave my legs? Oh, wait, wait, am I allowed laundry soap? Like, wait a second. Did I put the deposit in there? Oh wait, what's my pin? Like, that's like a woman's brain all the damn time. And so what we do is we actually rely on that steadfastness of a man to be kind of like that rock and and be you know the grounding point but it can be very challenging when you are a woman of action and you're expecting the man to to move as fast as as your brain is thinking just from the get it's not made that way it's not made that way on purpose via god's design okay so as you're moving forward what you're going to learn is that as the leader, your job is to communicate, speak in a way that people like to listen to you, right? And that always requires you to step into the shoes of the other individual and understand. You have to be the one who's coming in with a very, very high level of understanding. Where is this person right now? If I'm going to be talking about money, I'm going to be talking about sales goals or projections, targets, something, you know, something, well, it doesn't even matter. Like, what do you even want to have for lunch? You want to have attention from the person on the other end. You've got to be able to come in and from the get, make that clear discernment on do I have this person's full attention? Yes or no. Because if you come in and you just start barking orders or you come in and you just start like rattling stuff off and they're not even paying attention to you, you're going to be disappointed from the get. So what can you do? You can do, you know, you can ask for their full attention. Okay, especially if you're dealing with an adult. Okay, if this is your children, you know, please, I don't embrace like pussyfoot parenthood. Okay, I, I don't. Um, but when you're building your team, you're, you're communicating with adults you want to be sure that you have their attention because if you have a ready listener, a ready learner, life is going to be exponentially easier, okay? The second thing is you always have to be in that position of you have command of yourself and you're watching that other individual for their readiness to learn and listen to you, okay? So if they're not able to pay attention, and sometimes they may not even be aware that they're not able to be attention or not able to pay attention, you can put forth the request. You know what? Can we just set this thing aside and can I have your full attention? 
okay? Or you see, it seems like something is distracting you, what's on your mind? So your job is always to be in there and get to like the heart of that individual, but it's going to require a different set of communication skills from yourself from the get-go. Man, it's hard, right? Like you have so much responsibility. You know, it was things, I got to tell you, I really enjoy doing these podcasts because it's really given me an opportunity. First of all, it's forcing me to grow, which I love, all right? It's challenging me in like new and different ways, which is probably a selfish thing to say, but I'm telling you, it's a lot of things that I think most of us maybe may know, but this has forced me to actually articulate how to do it. This is where it came from. Um, while I was working as a nurse, right? So you were, I do all sort of transformational coaching, whether it's in health, health and fitness, whether this is, you know, leadership, team building or wherever. And I was working as a registered nurse for almost 20 years and basically just like capped out. I just, I wanted to do something new. I was pretty tired of wiping ass. Like there wasn't enough financial compensation for what I was being called on to do as a nurse. And looking back, I was being recruited by individuals or hired by individuals to come in and make order of chaos, whether their, their department was in like, massive anarchy they just you know there was like nobody who was able to handle the the patient load and form teams or it was a new facility which was opening and they had nobody to not take on a role of manager because I never accepted a position of a manager but to actually lead a team or build the organization out and then I was brought in by different High level executives, you know, the decision makers of various organizations, you know, who I had developed, you know, networking uh, relationships through networking in the healthcare industry to make order of the chaos of their organizations. And I realized that, you know, nursing, I believe, is a calling. I went in it because it was where my heart led me. But through the whole nursing experience, I always wanted to have more um, financial uh, compensation for the skill sets that I was acquiring uh, because I wanted to be able to have a family. Um, I'm 45 at this time. I'm not married. Um, so I wanted to be able to play <laughs> in the arena of you know compensation that exceeded what a bedside nurse would have and be compensated, I don't want to say like a man, but compensated like a, a boss, like a, somebody in free enterprise where you are brought in because you're the expert and, you know, we want to see, we want to have, you know, the skill set. And when you have leadership as the primary medium for which you are, you're recruited or wherever, it took me a long time for me, I think, to digest the fact that holy shit, you know what, I went out into the field of nursing and I wanted to become the best practitioner and didn't realize that, yeah, I was being groomed to be a leader, but I'm telling you, I did not own the fact that I was groomed my whole entire life into that role and how strong of a leader I was primarily because I was working in the wrong environment. 
enough said. Okay. And so when you're ha- when you have a team, so I made a vow, I made a pact with myself that any work that I was going to be doing in the leadership role, that it was going to be working only with individuals who wanted to be there, that I have very, very high level sales skills in creating what's called a case for action and actually have been hired on to do, you know, different presentations when people are putting up like wellness initiatives. And I've got no problem with that. But when it comes to actually doing the work, the the knit and grit, like boots on the street sort of a work, I only work with individuals who want to be in the space and do not even, I do not even associate with people. People who have when they have no interest or when they're not fully committed inside of there because I don't you know this is about profitability now I don't have time for people who want to drag their heels either you're in or you're out and that's the role of a leader is that sometimes too when you are communicating you're gonna have to know when it's time to shut the conversation down because the person on the other end is not or refuses to listen or refuses to communicate or is having a bad day and you cannot you cannot achieve their focus or maintain their focus there's always you know life happens in real time it doesn't happen in a vacuum so you're going to have to know how to be able to communicate with your individuals but you always have to be at a higher vantage point and be able to command your emotions Because guess what? It doesn't matter if you know how much a woman's brain actually works or how logical a man's mind works. When you start to introduce emotion or you're tired or you're hungry or wherever, you're responsible for maintaining that solid, you know, stable front so that your people are not responding to you out of fear. Like, oh my God, well, I better do this. Otherwise, she's going to freaking blow her gasket. When your people come to trust you as they always know what they're going to get, right? Here's the hard line in the sand. Here's the expectation. But when you're looking to move the needle forward, whether this is conflict, whether this is we're doing a new initiative or striving for a new goal, Every piece of communication, it falls on you as the leader to have great understanding of the individuals with whom you are attempting to communicate, ensure that communication has actually taken place. And the more you understand about why people do the things that they do, the more it takes emotion out of the equation and it allows you to make very clear decisions which are unemotional okay now for my heartfelt people out there this is in no way saying that you need to become a robot okay this is not what we're after here but when you start to make high level decisions this could be the decision to get divorced because the the situation at home is abusive this is the decision on how you're going to structure, I don't know, maybe some sort of discipline for your kids, you know, disobeying the rules of the house. This is how you're going to structure anything, even in the professional realm, is that you cannot be making reactive decisions or reactive statements. You cannot be communicating reactively. Your job is to always be responsive so that you maintain command over yourself, 
your emotions because when you make high level decisions based on emotionality, it usually does not lend you towards a, like a favorable outcome, right? The leader always takes responsible responsibility for everything. And when you're dealing with human beings, human beings who have emotions, human beings that you're trying to lead who do not have the same level of skill sets and do not have the knowledge that you have, you have to teach them and train them by your example. And once they start to do relationship with you, okay, communication with you, when they move and they go communicate with other individuals, they're going to see the contrast. They're going to see you as that beacon of light. You're setting the example for them. And what will happen is they're going to start to move themselves in your direction rather than working with the other individuals who communicate in a reactive or bold or brazen or like spiny way. Does that make sense? So when we're looking at communication, you know, the, pur- the purpose of this, we were looking just at, at basic anatomy, but when you start to understand more so about what causes people to do the things that they do, it places you in a position where you can actually make greater gains, not because you become permissive or doormat, but because it allows you to step outside and view everything from a wider telescopic view, from a higher vantage point. And that is what allows you to help people underneath you grow rather than stifling and trying to control and cajole the situation to force an outcome. Leadership is about influence and you can influence an individual to grow with you and go with you by being that actual change, right? Like Gandhi said, being the change that you wish to see. And that's having that command and that understanding, you know, of yourself, why you do the things that you do, but more so why the others do. All right. So there's some informatics for you. Let's close out this day and uh, make it a great one. I'll catch you on our next call.